Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Sermons Podcast. At Legacy Church, we help people find their identity in Jesus and their place in His mission to impact the world through the gospel. We ask that you grab your Bibles, listen up, and we hope that you hear a great word from the Lord today. Well, I want to do, I do want to thank Pastor Kevin for this opportunity to end the series of uh, Romans 8, which we have been studying. I'm a little miffed that he asked me to do the Trinity, uh, a topic that the church has not been able to clearly explain for 2,000 years. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to give it my best shot tonight, uh, this afternoon, uh, because as he mentioned uh, briefly, that while the Trinity is not mentioned specifically, it is behind every verse of Romans 8, and I hope to demonstrate that to you today. Uh, The Trinity is both a core belief of Christians, and it's also a core problem for others. One of the reasons is, as I mentioned, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, and yet our core confession to be a Christian is to acknowledge that God is one person is three in one as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even though your mind some not, sometimes can't get around that. I hope to help you with that today. So that, that's an issue, a problem. The other problem is of the three monotheistic, mono meaning one, theistic God, of the three major one God religions, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, Islam and Judaism have a problem with Christians because the confession of Islam is there is no God but Allah. And in Judaism, uh, the Shema says here, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And when they turn to us, Christians, they go, well, wait a minute. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I thought you said you were a monotheistic or a one God religion. So those two things have been with us all along, and we, we struggle to, to uh, answer that. And so today, what I want to do is this, that I want us to walk through Scripture and discover how we have experienced and understood God to be Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then we're going to look at Romans 8 and point out, as Pastor Kevin has said, that the, Holy, the, the triune God is present in almost every verse of that chapter. And then thirdly, I will share with you the way in which I think you can perceive of God as three in one, and most importantly, how you can have a relationship with him as God in three in one. All right? Well, I hope you have your Bibles because that's what we're going to do today is walk, walk through uh, scripture. And here's where we're going to start. We're going to start with John chapter one. And I, let me remind you that when you read scripture, to understand scripture, you read from the gospels out from there. You read from the person of Jesus Christ, who he is, and then you read through Acts and the the epistles to Revelation, or you read backwards through Malachi to Genesis. And the reason being is because Christ is how we understand who God is. So let me demonstrate that to you. Here we begin uh, with John chapter 1. Now remember John followed Jesus, was with Jesus, and he starts his gospel, his good news of Jesus, with the same words that Genesis begins with, in the beginning. So there's a new beginning, and he reminds 
uh, us, his, his readers and his first readers. And pardon me, I've gotten old over the years. Put these on, all right. Well, I could probably quote it. I don't want to miss it. He says, in the beginning was the Word. And we're about to find out who the Word is. He was, the Word was with God and the Word, what? Was God. He was with God in the beginning through whom all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So here we understand there was a pre-existent being who was God and was with God. And it is now, jump down to verse 14, we are told through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the recording of John's words that this word became what? Flesh and made his dwelling among us. We, John, have seen his glory, the glory of what? The one and only Son, or in King James, the way you may remember, some of you may remember, the only begotten Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and glory. So here is God, before creation, the Word was with God and was God. That Word became flesh, human, and dwelt. And the word dwelt is one of the cool Bible words. The word is means to tabernacle. Now, why is that important? Well, remember in the Old Testament when uh, Dustin was talking about uh, God walking with his people in covenant? God had them build a, a, a tabernacle, a tent, a place of worship in the middle of the, the, the people as they wandered through the wilderness. And the reason was because God wanted them to know, I am among you. I am dwelling among you. Now, there was a tent of meeting that was outside where Moses and Aaron and they would go and meet God, and, and that was another tent. But the tabernacle was in the middle of the, the tribes of Israel, and they were set up around the tribes. This word is literally the word became flesh, human, and tabernacled among us. See what God's trying to tell us? He's trying to tell us that in the person of Christ is the presence of God. And so we know then, now, that this word was preexistent, that is the creator, and that he is deity. So let's move a little farther down in the history and go to Matthew chapter 3. Uh, Jesus is, uh, has been born, has grown up. And now he's at his baptism. And in, John, in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, As soon as Jesus, the word who became flesh and was tabernacling among the people, when he was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven opened, and he what? He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, not as a dove, not a dove, but like a dove, and it settled upon him and then a voice from heaven saying this is my son whom I love and in whom I am well pleased here at the baptism we have the son the voice of the father and the presence of the spirit again there's no thing says hey the trinity was there but we see holy God present as father son and holy spirit now, let's walk a little further into the gospel story and go to John chapter 10. Now Jesus is on, 
on his ministry, in his ministry, and he's teaching. He's teaching, and he's trying to help these men understand who he is and all the people who he is. And by the way, you know, we we all kind of said, you know, well, if I was there, I would have trusted him. No, you you probably <laughs> This guy was playing. What do we do with people who claim to be God? We put them in an institution, right? I mean, so he they're having the same struggle yet he is he is patiently and carefully giving them pictures and teaching and showing them that he is the incarnate Incarnate means in flesh, incarnate, the the Latin, the incarnated, the enfleshed God. That is who Jesus is. So he's in a conversation with his disciples in the presence of the the Pharisees, and he's trying to give them pictures of who he is. And one of the pictures he gives them is that he is the good shepherd. So if we go down to chapter 10, verse 14, he says, look, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Now then, he explain, gives a picture, a theological explanation. It's just like the Father knows me and I know the Father. Hang on to that. And I will lay down my life for his, my sheep. So a little further on. So what do we learn there? The Father knows me and the, I know the Father. So the Son and the Father have this special relationship. Well, jump down to verse 26. Uh, and I'm sorry, verse 28. So he's still talking about his sheep, and he says, I give them life, and they shall never perish. No one shall snatch them out of hand, my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Now, underline this verse. I and the Father are one. So Jesus is confessing that in his human body, he is God and the Father, as we understand God is Father, and he are together as one. So we're beginning to understand that Jesus, one, is deity, two, go all the way back. He is the Word who was with God and was God and Creator and was made flesh, walking among us, and that He and the Father are one. Now, go over to chapter 14. Jesus is still teaching. And here is, you may only hear these verses at a funeral, and I hate that because it's, it's a, it is a great verse of, uh, of encouragement. But he's telling them to trust him uh, just as he trusted God, trust me. And then we see in verse 6 is the famous verse, the stumbling block of our culture and our age when Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes through the Father except by me. And then after this, he says, after you, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. For now on, from now on, you know him and have seen him. How do you and I know what God looks like and how God acts and what God's character is? We look to the person of Jesus Christ. You see why I'm saying we need to start with Jesus and read out from there? 
Because it is in Christ that we understand first who God fully is because he came to us. Now then I love Philip and said, Lord, we show us the Father. We, we, that, that, we, that's all we really want. And he says, look, you know me. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you all this time, underline this, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I have to say, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. At least believe when I say that I am the Father and the Father is in me. And if you don't believe that, believe the evidence. So here Jesus again is saying, I the Son am in the Father and the Father is in me. Do you see why we can't drop this idea of God as Father and Son? Their relationship is, is too tightly knit. And if we put our trust in who Jesus is, as the Son who laid down his life for his sheep and paid all that required the covenant to be full, he is, as Dustin said, the shed sacrificial lamb, his blood is the blood that is over our lives that the Passover uh, angel of death passes over us because of that blood. If we put our trust there, we must listen to him and how he explains who God is. And he is saying, in me is the Father. If you want to know what the Father looks like, watch me. If you want to know the Father, know me. And so we continue down the road here. So just later on in that, that chapter, verse 16, I, well, let's not miss 15. If you love me, you keep my commandments uh, is, is one of the basic understandings of Scripture. Now notice this, though. He, Jesus knows he's at the end. These, last, these chapters here in John are, are really his last words with his disciples. And these are very special, uh, perfect, uh, private, uh, yes, perfect, but private, intimate words of God Christ laying open his heart to tell them the deepest things of his life. He'll say in the next chapter, he said, look, I'm not calling you servants. Servants don't know what their master's doing. You guys are friends because I'm telling you everything that I have. I want you to have this. And he's telling us this today. And so they're wondering, okay, if you go away, what happens? And then notice this relationship, verse 16. I will ask the Father... And he will give you another comforter, advocate, to help you and be with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives in you and will be in you. I love this verse. And I think of the refugees and all in the world. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. How does he come to you and me through the Spirit? So, you have this one relationship between the Son and the Father. The physical person of Jesus, fully God, fully man, another mystery that I do not wholly grasp, but scriptures teach it. Holy, fully God, fully man says, when I leave, God will not be absent from you. I will send the Spirit. And so the Father and the Son, the, the Spirit emanates from the Father and the Son so that 
God will be with you and with me. So let's go down to one more thing. And by the way, notice this in verse 16. He will give you another advocate or another uh, comforter. By the way, King James, some of you from way back, uh, we get the word paraclete from. And you know I'm always going to do this. You put English letters over the Greek letters, you get the English word that is in the King James paraclete. It's just, and it just means to call alongside of. And some of your translations say advocates, others helper, comforter. Uh, that's uh, this same word. But the word I want you to know about is the word before helper. That, there's two words in Greek for another. Or one is another of a different kind. I'm going to give you a different kind of helper. Or this particular word is another of the same kind. So what Jesus is saying is that I am going to send to you a, an advocate, a comforter, a helper just like me. So again, Jesus is building the connection between himself and the Holy Spirit that will come. So we're seeing a single stream of personhood, a single stream of being, yet talked about, understood as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Are you tracking with me? Okay, good, good. Say yes anyway. So... Because this is hard. I get it. My brain, your brain's just going, wait a minute. There, and we'll, I'll help you here in a minute, a little, little more with that. But here's what we've learned up to this point, And that is, is that Jesus is, was with God, was God. So Jesus, one of the early heresies of the church and still is around, that Jesus did not exist but was born. When he was born, then he came into existence. That's not what Scripture says. He was existent existing before creation and we have this picture of father son and spirit in eternity and the son is our is the creator father sends the son son and father send the spirit the ancient world had this picture of a uh, it, the the greek word was perichorosis you don't have to, actually, if you can guess spelling it, it'll show up in Google. But it, it was a circle dance. It was a, it was a dance that the early church said, this is the way God, Father, uh, Son, and Holy Spirit existed in this relational, holy, exciting, intimate, joyful dance that goes on for eternity and God expresses himself and works himself into creation through that so what we've learned again is that the son is God and existed before creation that he was not born but pre-existent and creator the son and the father are one remember Jesus said that I and the father are one and to see the son that's when we start with Jesus to see the Son is to see the Father. And then the Son asks the Father to send the Holy Spirit. Why? Because here's the important for you, important part for you. The way you encounter God as Father, Son, and Spirit is through the Spirit of God. And so you say, well, when did he come on scene? And most of you would know this in Acts chapter 2. 
Jesus said, ask, said, I will ask the Father, and he's going to send you another of the same kind of helper like me. And we know the story then in Acts chapter 2, in the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, they all came together in one place, and suddenly a sound like a blowing of, of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. They were sitting, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with what? The Holy Spirit. And began to speak in other languages and tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So in Acts 2, we have the presence then, the visible presence of the person of the Holy Spirit. Now then, you ready for Romans chapter 8? There's a lot. I thought we're going to go it, it, we're going to go fast here. You're not going to have time to figure out where you're going to lunch. You need to pay attention to what, what we're doing here, okay? So look at your Bible, Romans 8. Now what I want to do, and I'm going to invite you if you'd like to write in your Bible, I want you to underline these but, or take this home with you and do this project on your own, okay? Because we're going to have on the screen the whole text of Romans 8. Now I'm not going to read it all. But I'm going to point out in my translation or my understanding of the text where Father, Son, God, and Holy Spirit all play a role to affirm what uh, Pastor Kevin said. And that is, while the teaching of the Trinity is not here, the Trinity is present throughout this passage. This chapter, as you know, in some of your Bibles says, is, is entitled Life in the Spirit. Well, this is really life with God. When we, we look at this relationship we have with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, this is what this chapter is about. It's what God does for us when we're in relationship with Him. All right? You good? So I'm just going to walk through this and point out the words, and you can underline them. By the way, there will be some differences because... In some places, uh, like spirit is, is uh, assumed, and so the translator put that in. So it's going to be a little different, but take this home. This is your project, all right? So here we go. Uh, verse 1, Jesus Christ. Verse 2, law of the spirit. Verse 3, God, his own son. Verse 4, according to the spirit. Verse 5 and 6, the spirit. Seven and eight, God. Nine, Spirit of God. Ten, Christ. Eleven, Spirit in Christ. Thirteen and fourteen, Spirit of God. Fifteen and sixteen, Spirit. Seventeen, heirs of God, also heirs with Christ. Nineteen and twenty, sons or children of God. Twenty-three, first fruit of the Spirit. 26 and 27, the Spirit. And remember in 26 and 27, He is interceding for us. Hang on to that. I'll come back. 28, God. 29, God. And inviting you to be what? Conformed to the image of whom? His Son. Why? Because you can see the Son. That's what's in the Gospels, His teachings and His actions. 31, God. 32, Son. 33, God. 34, Christ Jesus, who is at the right hand of God. And look at here. It says that Christ Jesus is what? Interceding for us. 
The Spirit and the Son. Are those two different people? No, no, it's the same God doing that. And then Christ in 35 and then 39, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? What I want you to see is that the biblical writers under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit had no problem interchanging these words together. They never saw them as separate. Do you see what I'm saying? That's what I want you to see. When they use the word God, they can refer to God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, because God is one who in that oneness comes to us through uh, different aspects of him. So, I want to affirm that what you see there is not just life in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, but is life, what does life look like when God reigns or rules or is prominent and prior in our everyday life? That's what Romans 8 is about. And in that, God explains and shows to us everything about who he is and what he does. Let me give you one other example from Paul's writings in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. We're going to come back to this. But he says, and here again, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is that? The Father of glory, may give you, it says a spirit, I think it is the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better or have the knowledge of him. So here we have Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, and the Spirit. Again, the biblical writers understood God as three in one. And then one last, which is just to uh, remind you in First Peter, I love this introduction. He says, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of who? God the Father, through what? The sanctifying work of the Son to be obey or to obey Christ Jesus and be sprinkled by his blood. You have the whole, the work of the Godhead right there. Father who foreknew, Son, the, the, the Spirit who sanctifies us. And by the word sanctifies is an old word for make us holy. The Spirit is walking alongside of us to make us holy. And then the Son who died for us was sprinkled. We were sprinkled by his blood. That's that picture of the Exodus, the Passover in that. Do you see that? The Trinity never is never a word in the Scriptures, yet God reveals himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So let me give you a hand here maybe in the ways in which we can understand. How, how do we describe this relationship? I would say this, any model that we have of trying to explain what this is for you and me has to be a relational model. I know throughout the centuries they've chosen ice and water and vapor, you know, as evident as, as a picture. Uh, Ireland, of course, they use the four-leaf clover saying this is one leaf, but it has three Thing. Those objects, I think, may be helpful, but God is a God of relationship. And the reason he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in our understanding, is so that he can have a personal relationship with you. 
So go all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter 6 where we saw, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your, the, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And he tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might or strength. Well, think of yourself. You're one person, yet you're described here as body, soul, and strength, right? That's one way to help you understand how you can be one person in three things. Get it? The model that helps me, though, is this picture, and there is a heresy that that could possibly roll out of this, so don't press too hard. But here's how I understand it. I am one person. I'm Gene Wilkes, right? And to my parents, uh, I am what? A son. To my two adult daughters, I am father. And to my wife, I am husband. So it helps me understand that when I'm talking to you, I am one person, but I'm all those three things. Do you understand? That, that's the way I get my head around this. Every time I talk to God, he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That never changed. One of the heresies is that God just reveals himself as Son and then comes back in and then he reveals himself as Father. That's not the picture. It's more mysterious than that. But what helps me understand is that I am Father, Son, and Husband or Spouse. And what is the picture of Christ in the church? Groom and bridegroom. I mean, bridegroom and, and bride. And so that helps me grasp it. Why is this so important? Why would we take a day to do doctrinal study? We do this because we want you to understand that God loves you and he is relatable. Now, God the Father is unapproachable. The scriptures are very clear. God is holy. We sang holy. That means can't touch, can't approach. That's why in the Old Testament, if you see God, you die, and that happened. Yet, God is personable and personal that he would come and that he indwells you with his Holy Spirit. He is both unapproachable yet intimate. And who he is as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit makes that possible. One of the earliest confessions of the church, because they wrestled with this, they, un- they understood what Jesus described himself as. They began to read the writings of the apostles and those who were with and, and listened to the stories of the apostles. And they kept understanding that his, God is Father, his Son, his Holy Spirit. And so the one thing that Dan Brown got right in the Da Vinci Code, it's the only thing, is there was a council in 325. <laughs> and at that council of... of church leaders, and by the way, this was settled a long time ago, but they had to put words to it. They uh, formed what we know as the Nicene Creed. And there's three things in the Nicene Creed that, that help us today, that describe who God is. And in a moment, we're going to confess this uh, with one another. And in, in that creed, if I can find uh, my notes here, don't ever separate your notes. Um, okay put the (laughs) it says God the Father Almighty and the creator of all things and the Son who is uh, uh, begotten of the Father that's so important and the Spirit 
proceeds from the Father and the Son. You'll read that in, in uh, the Nicene Creed. We'll, we'll quote that together. But they made it very clear that, that, Jesus, that God is the Father and Creator, Almighty. The Son was begotten of the Father. He is eternally begotten. I don't understand that, but it's how we explain it. And the Spirit emanates from the Father and the Son. We'll confess that together. Here's my question to you. What is your confession? Can you confess that Jesus is the Son of God, fully God, fully man, sent by God the Father to die in your place on the cross, that you may have an eternal relationship and, and a life, eternity, experience, taste of eternity now, and have an eternally significant life and live forever with God because of the Son? And do you know that you have the very presence of God in your life through the Holy Spirit. That's what the fruit of the Spirit and the gift of the Spirit are for you. That's how you understand the Scriptures. Is the Spirit illuminates His Word for you. That's how you know the directions in your life is through the presence of, of God, through His Holy Spirit. That is when we pray and praise on Sunday mornings, the Holy Spirit indwells this place and indwells you and me. So my question is today, what is your confession? Yes, we'll say the Nicene Creed and that will be words in our mouth and we can confess that Jesus is Lord, but do you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? And that is the key. I pray today that the Holy Spirit, that has been my prayer from the beginning, that the Holy Spirit, while this seemed very factual and maybe very rote, that you understand above all else that God is a personal God and he relates to you as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and he comes to you however you need him to come at that time to reveal himself to you. You have a record of his presence in his word in the scriptures but you have the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life to know him. Amen? Let me pray for us. Father, thank you that your word is clear. Thank you for your son who explained all this, not just through words, but through actions. And Father, where I have been unclear and where my words have gotten in the way of understanding, I do pray that your Holy Spirit will illumine the words that were spoken that are yours and that each person here can know that while you are far and unapproachable and holy yet out of your love and mercy you've come to us to be personal and intimate with us <laughs> we ask this in Jesus name amen